This is the Extreme Threads Lacrosse Classified Podcast with Jake Elliott and Brad Challoner. The hottest storylines and biggest names from the NLL and across the lacrosse world. Now here's Jake and Brad. All right, you heard the lady lacrosse fans. Take your seats, eyes up front, pay attention. It's time for Lax Class here on Lacrosse All-Stars, growing the game one podcast at a time. Sorry for the late release, uh, folks. Uh, the Chancellor, it's Jumbo and the Chancellor with you. The Chancellor was off jet-setting to Calgary over the weekend. He's a very important person. Couldn't get back in time for our regular release time, but he's here. He's on the line. Uh, Bradley, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, how was Cowtown, man? Cowtown's beautiful, man. It was a jam-packed couple of days of conferences at work, so I literally did not get outside of the... Uh, the old Deerfoot Inn and Casino for for about 48 hours over the weekend, but it looked like the sun was shining through the windows. We drove by the, the Max Bell Center on the side of the highway. Mm, yes. Um, talked to some people that, that were well aware that they were NLL champions in that city. So, yeah, I just landed about uh, an hour and a half ago. So, coming in hot. Thanks for postponing the recording of the show and excited to, chant, uh, to catch up with... Uh, a potential Team Canada play in Graham Hossack today. Yes. And uh, the big story of the week, the Cobra Kodiaks and their GM, uh, John Webb, is going to join us here in a few minutes. Yes. So it's going to be a good show. John Webb and Graham Hossack will be our guests, as uh, Brad just alluded to right there. Uh, you're coming in hot. You're coming in unprepared as well, which is very unlikely. You, you, you have like a, a big stack of notes, your iPad open, your phone going. Uh, you're surveying the Internet for all sorts of facts and old school pictures and all sorts of stuff but uh this week uh because of your work commitments you're just coming in cold and that's usually what i do so we really don't know how this podcast is going to go this week that that's what you've been doing with me driving the bus for the last five years right so yeah right. We're, just show we're up in the script today i'm oh. coming in i'm coming in don taylor where you just sort of like <laughs> yes. so you know you can do your prep at all you do your prep on your own time but you know, you turn on, uh, you show up about 20 minutes before that studio light turns on, and then hopefully you bring the good stuff. So well, the other day, be, he, he didn't it even It should be do, fine. You got to... I'm jumping on your back today, man. Yeah, uh, the other day, he didn't even do that. He got, like, stuck in traffic and showed up late to his own show, <laughs> which, you know, nobody else in the, the industry here in Vancouver can get away with that except Don Taylor. Uh, but you're right. He's one of those guys that likes to kind of shave it right close to the line. Like, if he starts at 3 o'clock, he's leaving his house at 2.15, and if there's a traffic accident, well, then he's going to be late. So, well, uh, he's, he's a he's a yeah he's and he's a family man. I think that's what a lot of sure. you know a lot of a lot of good broadcasters they know where their priorities are. He spends the time with his kids, <laughs> make sure they get to school on time. Yeah. He's gonna well, probably I think he does what I do, man. Like I, I literally like most of the time during the NLL season, I'm I'm watching games on our. I'm staying off Twitter during the game, mm. and I'm watching games by myself at like eleven o'clock at night, scrolling through the commercials and kind of watch them on my own time without spoilers. And it's kind of what you got to do if you want to. You're a busy, busy person. Well, I know so. you got your kids running around upstairs right now. You're recording from your homestead, as am I, uh, right here in Lacrosse Classified. If you ever want to piss Brad off during NLL season, just text him scores uh, during <laughs> the, the evening. The, the group chats get muted. You yeah. get muted on text. <laughs> Everything that goes into lockdown mode. All right. Uh, let's get into it here. Uh, it is now, once again, time for our Stampede Tack weekly Report cards here, Bradley, uh, and we're going to hand these out A through F 
A is obviously good. F is obviously bad. Where do you want to start here this week? We've kind of done both where we started with A and we started with F. Uh, what are you thinking? I think we start with the A today because we've got some news and notes that are on positive. So we'll go A through Epic, D's and F's this week. And then we can talk about uh, uh, Team Canada, which she's not on the report card because there's a lot of storylines there. But yeah, yeah let's, uh, let's start with the positive, man. Okay. Um, yeah, Team Canada news coming down just uh, before we hit the record button here. Uh, we will talk about that uh, later on in the fourth quarter. By the way. Lax Class Weekly Report Cards presented by Stampede Tack and Western Wear. More than just a boot store. They carry a wide range of hats. Keep protected from the sun and the rain with hats for camping, fishing, hiking, anything you do outdoors. They ship Canada-wide, located in Cloverdale since 1967. Online at Stampede where shopping online is still shopping local. I'm going to do a little camping uh, next month up in the Okanagan, so I might have to take a trip out to... Stampede Tech, see what they got for outdoor wear there. Uh, they got some new products coming in for the summer. Check them out at stampede.ca. All right, report card times. We're going to start with their A letter grade here, Bradley. And uh, we're going to talk to the man coming up here momentarily. But John Webb, the co-owner and GM of the Coburg Kodiaks, there they are, 5-1 atop the standings. We both took Peterborough last week. And the Coburg Kodiaks hand the defending two-time Man Cup champions a loss. Five and one in first place. Coburg Kodiaks get our A. Yeah, and what were they What were they last week? They were B for us last week, tied with the Burnaby Lakers for teams that had sort of unexpected hot starts. But that's not slowing down right now for, for Coburg. They shock everybody. They get the win over Peterborough. They play a couple nights later. They get a win over Oakville. And there they are with that uh, nice, sexy 5-1 and one record, record right now. And We'll talk to John Webb about what he's built. There's a lot of young guys that are contributing. Kyle Killen just continues to put the ball in the back of the net. Uh, Scott Dominey's contributing for this team. That's the guy that's going to get another look at the at the NLL this season. A young Ben French is chipping in. Cam Milligan's putting up numbers. So he's getting a lot of buy-in from a young, young roster. And you see names like Steph Charbonneau and Ryan Lee draws back into the lineup this week and puts up a quiet four assists. But this is a young and uh, and fun team to watch, and a lot of sort of players of the future. When you talk about guys like Killen and and Ryan Lee, who play together in Colorado, and and Kevin Orleman, who's really been distorted for that team right now. He's got a eight point three three goals against average. Uh, played every single second yeah. for this team so far, three hundred and sixty yeah. minutes. Like that's uh, that's an impressive workload to start a summer, and it's great for to see a young goaltender like that getting the reps that he's getting. So. Good things to come from this young squad. It's been fun. Yeah, we're going to talk to John about it, but uh, Orleman's really been a nice story. Of course, getting a little, getting his feet wet in the NLL last year with Georgia when Poulin went down. He kind of got thrust in there for a few starts and had a couple of good ones, had a couple of shaky ones, but I think getting back to the slightly smaller nets, the bigger stick between his legs, and that confidence that he got playing pro for the year and being on a pro roster and a good team like that in Georgia uh, is only going to do good things for him, and it's and it's showing here in the summer. So Kobar gets our letter A grade here. Let's move along. Uh, our B grade is going to go to the senior Coquitlam Adanax. And, and you think, well, why are they getting to B? They're 1-5. in five. They're, They just uh, lost their coaching staff. Um, speaking of that, I don't know if you've heard this yet or not, Brad, and this this is a tough one. Before we get to the good stuff with Coquitlam, the bad stuff kind of rearing its head. Uh, news coming out 
Challen Rogers, of course, one of Coquitlam's high draft picks for a couple of years ago, and and has been playing in Oakville. He's the captain of the team, and uh, been on transfer to the Oakville Rock. Well, I guess Challen put in his transfer to make it happen again, and the former GM Mike Petrie of the Coquitlam Adnacks missed the email, missed the transfer window, and Coquitlam lost the rights for Challen Rogers to Oakville Hello. for absolutely nothing. Now, Jamie Dowick, not a vindictive human being by any rights, made a gentleman's agreement with Coquitlam that as long as Challen is in the East, he's going to be a member of the Oakville Rock, and when he's not playing in the East, he will be returned to the Coquitlam Adnex. But the big thing is for Coquitlam is they now don't get that transfer money for Challen Rogers each year because they've missed that. And that's, I mean, that's a gift for, for Oakville, and that's a huge loss for Coquillum. And that's one of the main reasons that Mike Petrie stepped down is he just knew he made a huge error and just couldn't kind of show his face anymore or live with it, I suppose, and stepped away. So anyways, with that being said, then the coaching staff of Coquillum had, I guess, enough. They were at odds with the... Uh, ownership there or the the upper management if you will and they decided to walk in Sean Springett, Bobby Bell, Al Truitt. Um, so they resigned about a week after the GM resigned. So there was Coquitlam left without a GM, left without a coaching staff and two games to play on a back-to-back last weekend, Brad. And you know, they kind of pulled it together. Nick Delmonico and Blair Bradley came on the Coquitlam bench for the Friday game. There was Blair Bradley for the game on Saturday. In Coquitlam, and, and news coming out that former Adnac, longtime Adnac, uh, Steve McKinley will take over. And this is a, on an interim basis here, Brad, but Steve McKinley will be the head coach. Blair Bradley and Mike Quinn will serve as assistants, I believe, for the rest of the season. And I'll get a chance to talk here in a second. The latest news coming out of Coquitlam, coaching staff hiring just today here on a Monday, Coquitlam announcing that. James Abbott, who is the president of the Coquitlam Junior Adnax, will now be the VP of lacrosse operations for the Senior Adnax as well. And he went ahead and hired his junior GM in Scott Ortley to be the GM of the senior team as well. So all that, Coquitlam gets a win on the weekend, which is probably the (laughs) biggest thing. And they hire new coaches and a new executive in James Abbott and Scott Ortley. That's a lot in one weekend. Yeah. Lots to uh, lots to chew on there for your for your hometown A's there, bud. But okay, so a couple of things to point out. Um, the B grade went for the win on on Friday night. They get a win at the swamp. It's their it's Correct. their first win of the season. Um, you know they have to do it with with coaches who get thrust in there. Not even Steve McKinley on that bench. It was Nick Delmonico and Blair Bradley on on Friday night, and the captain, the heart and soul, Vinny Ricci, puts that team on his back on Friday night in the swamp and lifts Coquitlam despite all that adversity and all the crap behind the scenes this week, they get their most important thing. And, and that's a win to get the boys feeling pretty good in that locker room. They have to bounce back again on Saturday. It doesn't go so well, but then I think I'm going to add on to the B grade. And that is uh, the announcement of Scott Worley at GM. And I think this is a pretty unique opportunity where you're seeing the same general manager of the junior A team as you're seeing the senior A team. Yes. And off the top of my head, I don't know if there's another scenario like that. There is. Across, Rob, across the Rob, country right now. Where Rob is Buckin in Langley. 
Oh, that's right. Okay, so that's you know, but I like I like that scenario. And that's yeah, what I love right? I, I love the scenario, Brad. I think more and it and it's never going to happen because guys just can't get on the same page. But you know, Langley did the right thing. They just went out and bought the junior team to go along with their senior team. So now it's junior B tier one, junior A, senior A, all one big cohesive unit. And and I think you're going to start to see that synergy in Coquitlam as well. Yeah, and I think hopefully the next step here is is guys like Rob Buck and Scott Worley fighting for the protection rule now in, in the West and maybe really putting together a, a nice debate and a nice case to make that so out here because if you want that cohesive unit and that cohesive organization from mini tyke through through the WLA, you know you want to have your junior players be a part of that foundation. Well, and it's coming. Into your, it's coming. And trickle into your senior program. So. I love it, and a good thing about Scott Worley, hey, two-time Minto Cup champion as a general manager for the Quint Mad Max, and, and one of his strongest things has been his recruiting mm-hmm. and the scouting staff that he's relies on back east, the guys that he's been able to find like Larson Sundown and Chase Scanlon and, and Derek Downs and convince Chris Cloutier to come out. Yeah, you're the Quillam Mad Max, but you still got to do legwork to make that happen. So we talked about it last week is uh, for Christian Del Bianco being sort of their best bargaining chip right now and the best recruiter but Scott Worley is going to be a massive part of that and I think this is going to be the start of of the turnaround for the Quillam Senior Adnax that we talked a lot about last week and we really need to see happen for the A's for the strength of the WLA and uh, to see some of those Coquitlam guys come home and to see some other uh, players return to Coquitlam and, and starting to rebuild this thing. So you get the B for Wardley, you get the B for the win. There you the go. A's get the, the A's get the B this week. I like it. I like it. And, and yeah, uh, again, I'm a Coquitlam guy, but regardless of that, if if you know if, if this was the Burnaby Lakers that made that move, I would be just uh, as enthusiastic and excited about that. I think that's the the right move 100%. there in Coquitlam, and uh, those guys are going to do a great job. Scott Worley, by the way, Brad, uh, my former captain in junior lacrosse, so uh, we go way back uh, to elementary school, even me and. Scotty Wortley. Uh, okay, so Cobra gets the A. Adnex get the B. Or C, we're going to kind of do a, a, a quick double here because, uh, well, we could throw in a C plus. We didn't want to get into the pluses and minuses of it all. But uh, first thing I want to talk about is the Alberta Junior transfer rule. And, and I, I had to kind of fill you in on this, Brad, because it was news to me as well. But uh, I kind of caught wind of this last year, and again, the the scenario is kind of rearing its head here. And I don't, I'm hearing that there's a gentleman's agreement that the Alberta teams are not going to take advantage of this loophole or rule window, if you will, um, in the RMLL. But more or less, June 26th is the trade deadline for all the teams. And then after that deadline, the teams in Alberta, so the Miners, the Mounties, the Raiders, have another five days to make trades within their own province. But that excludes the Saskatchewan SWAT from that equation because they're obviously not in Alberta. Now, again, I've heard that there's a gentleman's agreement. None of those Alberta teams are going to make any moves in that five-day window from June 26th to July 1st. It's there, the opportunity. Like, I don't know why this rule exists. It's not well, fair. And, and, no, and well, and the and the SWAT just happened to be sitting in a runaway first place 7-4 sure. and four record in that league right now. So 
yeah, that's a double sort of slap in the face and, and a silly loophole there. And I, I really hope that it doesn't uh, affect the SWAT here in the long run. Yeah, I mean, because all essentially all three of those teams below the SWAT and the standings could go, you know what, I know we kind of said we wouldn't do this, but hey, who do you think sex? And then next thing you know, there's a deal in place. Uh, I so re- I, know we, I know we see from time to time, Jumbo, when – the Alberta team that the lone when Alberta has a lone representative in the Minto, yeah. Say the Mount the Mounties came to Coquitlam a couple of years ago. They got a lot of Okotoks Raiders on that team at Minto Cup. So say the SWAT win the Alberta League this year, would they still be able to get the best Miners, Mounties, and Raiders on their team to come to to, to Langley? Well, they got to do it before. Well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that rule of whether they can pick up four guys after it's all said and done, after their playoffs are done. Like, that was an agreement between Ontario and BC to allow Alberta to kind of surplus their team to have a better showing at the Minto Cup. But I don't know if that rule still exists because Alberta is obviously getting better. And I don't know if BC and Ontario want to allow Alberta to get, or Saskatchewan, and maybe in this case, to continue to do that uh, so we'll just kind of see how that plays out keep an eye on that we're watching you alberta uh, <laughs> our other c goes to uh a friend of ours a good friend of the show and, and a guy we've known a long time here and it's i mean i don't know why we're giving it a c it's just because we we want to talk about it more or less and and that's to to our friend reese dutch who Blew out his Achilles tendon, something that's been bugging him for, what, the better part of two years here, Brad, and it finally yeah. it finally went on him uh, during a game in the first period for the Victoria Shamrocks, and and this is an injury that's extremely difficult to come back from uh, to get back to full strength and where you originally were at, but mind you, Dutchie's been playing with this thing not right for a couple of years, and, and you could you could tell. You, you've seen it in his game. He just didn't have that explosion that he's, that he's normally had, uh, but you know, it's going to be a, a while here before Reese Dutch gets back on a lacrosse floor. But I guess if you're going to go out with an injury, what a way to go uh, about a month ago, you know, scoring uh, the overtime winner and winning himself an LL Cup. And I think maybe that feeling, that mental approach and, and you know, texting with Dutch, he's got the right attitude, he's staying positive, and he, and he can't wait to get his surgery and rehab going. But um that that feeling of scoring that winning goal in the NLL Cup, I think he'll use that as motivation to to get back to where he once was. Yeah, I, I know so, and I think that's that's why this is a C grade because it's positive and a negative. Yeah, the Victoria Shamrocks, who are outside of the playoffs right now, looking into WLA, are going to lose their best offensive righty and a franchise cornerstone in Reese Dutch. The good news is for lacrosse fans is that Reese Dutch is finally going to go get surgery and get the help that he deserves on this Achilles heel and a chance for it to to recover and, you know, come back hopefully bigger and better than ever. And you're right, what a way to go out scoring the biggest goal of his of his storied career here uh, a couple weeks ago in Calgary in that overtime winner, and that will lift him. And whether he's played his last game as a Calgary Roughman or not, probably likely so. It's because he's likely going to miss the entire NLL season or be a late, uh, you know, sort of playoff. Maybe he's like the Jesse King sure. on a different team next year where he comes back and plays four games and gets into the postseason fresh. But, you know, I, I, I'm happy that he's getting surgery and he's getting the help that he deserves, and I hope to see him come back uh, bigger and better than ever. Absolutely. Uh, we're thinking about you, Dutchie. That's that's a tough one. Um, you know, for guys that have uh, – pro athletes that have done their Achilles, it's, it's you're looking at almost a full year. Uh, just to to get back, and then probably another six months on top of that before you start to actually feel right. So, 
Uh, long road ahead for Dutchie, but uh, he's got a lot of mental fortitude, and, and I think he's going to get through it just fine. Two letter grades to go here on Extreme Threads Lacrosse Classified. Weekly report cards brought by Stampy Tech and Western Wear. Uh, now we get into, we did the good, we did the the bad, the, now we're going to do the ugly here, Brad. Uh, D, our letter grade D, going to Mr. Walker of the Brampton Junior Excelsiors, uh, who has been accused of an alleged second racial slur during a lacrosse game at Six Nations involving the arrows, um, allegedly making the ponytail cut, snip, uh, hand gesture. And again, uh, this is the second offense, if you will, Brad. Uh, he hasn't been proven guilty. He received a two-game suspension, but uh, Brampton admitting the first time that this had happened. It's the same player, same team, same scenario. Um Video is out there. Apparently, it hasn't surfaced. I believe Six Nations has the video. I don't know why they're they're keeping it on the down low if they do, but uh, that's what I'm hearing. But where there's some smoke, there's some fire here, Brad. And I'm just sick and tired of hearing of crap like this in our sport. And it's gross that this is just the D this week, and we probably have an equally as ugly story coming up here in Afghanistan, but. Yeah, this is this is despicable, and there's a couple things here too. Jumbo is that the suspension came down uh, by Commissioner of the OLA uh, Lindsey Sanderson, and it's a lesser suspension than when Walker got the first offense two years ago. Mm-hmm. And Six Nations debated the debated the ruling. There was a couple other governors from the Ontario Lacrosse League not uh, involving the two teams that sat on a panel and and debated back and forth with Commissioner Sanderson and by all accounts in that meeting, all of those sides were on the side of Six Nations saying, no, this is a second offense. This punishment should be worse than it was the first time. And Sanderson, as the commissioner, overruled them all and said, you know what, no, this is just two games. And then on top of that, Brampton puts out a statement basically just refuting all the the disputes, saying it's he said, she said, it's he said, he said. Uh, The ponytail snip was just the player wiping sweat from the back of his neck and just absolutely zero accountability and they say they've got a zero tolerance policy well you know this is the second accusation for a kid zero tolerance to me says that kid needs to be needs to be gone now and released from that team and and get some help that he deserves find him some counseling and and some recovery program to try to try to get into his head and figure out what's going on there but no accountability from from the Brampton Excelsiors I think a poor ruling from the commissioner and this is just ugly all around and I'd love to see the support that the whole lacrosse community has, has put on the Six Nations arrows this week and for their players. And, yeah, it's, it's got to stop. And I, I think people sharing this story, getting out there and asking for a call to action could go a long way here. Yeah, and, and you know, it, it's not Dean McLeod anymore who had some strong Brampton ties as his time as a commissioner. It's Lindy, Lindsay Sanderson, who's an Orangeville guy, and I'm not saying geography is playing into the decision, but I just I don't know – how you come up with a lesser suspension on a second offense to the same player, same club, and same offense. Uh, it, it's mind-boggling to me that you come up with a lesser suspension for that. And, and the lacrosse world, and in particular back east, not too happy about it. Uh, and, and Lindsay Sanderson, first year as the commissioner of Junior A Lacrosse after a long tenure 
for Dean McLeod. So, um, you know, I think he had an opportunity to make a real statement um, as a new commissioner in that league and just drop the ball uh, big time. So, and that, that's yeah. tough for me to say to a to a family that uh, I got a ton of respect for in the Sandersons, but uh, they missed it on that one. Um, our last letter grade is the F, and this is the worst of the week here. And I honestly, Brad, I, I could not even believe my eyes when I was reading this story about a coach who was liquored up and got tossed out of a game, went and seeked out the referee in charge at a midget C tournament, confronted him in the lobby, and then assaulted him. The pictures are absolutely horrifying. The guy was not even refing the game. Not that that should matter. He was the referee in charge. Here is a coach intoxicated and goes and assaults the referee in charge at a midget C tournament. What is going on? Despicable and disgusting. And I think I saw a ruling this week where this this coach is now essentially like, he's kind of banned for life. He's banned from like all. They revoked his membership. All, all associated, they revoked his membership, so he's banned from every sort of uh, lacrosse function in Ontario. So it's basically a life, lifetime ban. So I like to see that they've jumped there, and made some accountability. But what an absolute tragic, disgusting display that was over the weekend. I, I couldn't believe my eyes when I scrolled through there. And you know, we talked about this at the Minto Cup last year, and I know it's not even close to this, but just the the treatment that referees get, how poorly they're treated right now. And how that's going to affect the future of the game because uh-huh. no one growing up wants to put on the stripes anymore because they see crap like this time and time again. These are the stories that hit the headlines. These are the stories that we unfortunately have to have to touch on here. But if there's no refs, there's going to be no games going forward. And I think it's people that need to learn lessons from all levels: the players respecting the refs, the coaches respecting the refs, the refs respecting them back, learning the game, fans getting a little bit more. Uh, acknowledgement behind the game too and just it's a whole respect culture from the bottom up and if we don't start the changing the way that we treat our refs we're not going to have anybody to police the players on the floor and we're not going to have a future of this sport simple as that yeah well said Brad and, and I've I've already seen it firsthand uh, my girlfriend's daughter plays junior lacrosse out in, in Semiamu for the Semiamu Rock and late in the, the season here she's had about two or three games cancelled simply for the fact that there's no referees so here's two teams full of girls lacrosse players that want to play a game and are all set to go, and they can't play because they don't have enough referees. And this goes out to every single parent, fan of the sport. Sit in the, sit in the stands, cheer on your team, boo the other one if you want, but when it comes to the officials, zip your lip. Because you couldn't do a better job. You're not willing to do it. So don't get out there and start criticizing somebody that's trying to do something good for the game and they might miss a call or whatever and you freak out or because your kid's involved and you think they're getting the wrong end of things. Give your freaking head a shake. These people are out there trying to do a job the best that they can. And if you're not willing to step into their shoes, just shut your mouth. Teenage kids, I know. I, I asked it on Twitter this week. I said, how do we get more kids to want to be refs? I just kind of put it out there, seeing what kind of outside-of-the-box thinking from across the country people could respond to, what kind of ideas they could share. I got a high school teacher from Ontario saying that they do have a physical 
health, uh, physical and health leadership course in grade 12 in Ontario, maybe they can make a component of that, getting kids to get credit for becoming yeah. officials in a sport. And now they can learn lacrosse and they can go out and, you know, now you're getting, you're, you're not just getting paid to be a rep, but you're also getting school credit and university, sure. you know, put it on something on your resume that they can sort of build in to the curriculum in high schools. Um, got another one from Scheister 8 just saying ban shitty people from the stands and bench. Yeah. Uh, maybe, a, maybe a senior league officials in the stands at every game that has the power to call on sports-like penalties on parents and coaches. Not like, there's bad. Something. Not bad. I like that. Um, You've got to uh, do something, Brad. I know that much. We have so yeah, to do something. Three refs. Some, some people are calling for three refs even at the younger ages, but you know, if the refs aren't there, who's going to do it? And right. I think it's just it's education from the bottom up. I, I thought maybe you make it mandatory for young players to all learn the rule book and right. and ref. If you want to play midget A lacrosse, you should be able to. You should then you know part of your making that midget A team and joining that team is you go out and you get your ticket and you ref a couple games. I a like week. that idea too. That's going to make you a better player. I know you can't make it mandatory for everybody, but if the players understand the rules better, they understand that yeah. communication with the coaches. If the coaches grew up playing and, and repping themselves, then they would understand that, that reaction. They wouldn't treat people that way because they didn't want to be treated that way themselves. Yeah, yeah if, you know, you've, never, if you've never done it, Brad, like if you've never, and I never have, like I mean I've done it for practice and whatever, but I've never refed a live game. And I've been, <laughs> I've been my fair share hard on officials over my years, and I think I've learned and I've grown um, since those days. But it just, if you've never done it, you're not going to understand it. So just, just get off the, you know, go there, watch your kid, cheer on, cheer them on, whatever just leave the officials alone they're trying to do a job uh brad we're, we're long here that was almost a half an hour on our report cards we got to get to our first guest he is the co-owner and the gm of the first place nissan coburg kodiaks john webb will join us here next on extreme threats lacrosse classified on the lax all-stars podcast network pure vital labs is proud to bring you the highest quality sports supplements on the market PVL products are 100% all-natural with no artificial flavors, colors, or sweeteners. And the entire line is also Informed Choice certified. We designed all our products with the athlete in mind. We look forward to being a part of your athletic achievements, helping you push the bar higher, win at the highest levels, and set personal records for years to come. Hey, this is Pat Gregoire of Lacrosse Flash, and you're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the LAX All-Stars Podcast Network. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified here on the Lax All Stars Podcast Network. Thanks to our friends at Pure Vital Labs. Anything else would be on Sportsman like PVL.com. Best supplements on the market. Informed Choice certified. All natural products. And uh, they don't get any better. Westberg, Curtis Dixon, Callum Crawford, Kevin Crowley. You name it, they're on it. Find them at PVL.com. It's Jay Kelly, Brad Challoner, and now joined by the co-owner and general manager of the Nissan Coburg Kodiaks, John Webb on Lacrosse Classified. Thanks for doing this, John. Thank you guys for having me on. Our pleasure, man. Um, Coburg is kind of the the great mystery to us on the West Coast. It's not a team <laughs> that gets a lot of exposure. It's not a team that Eastern pundits talk about a lot, but... That's kind of all changed here now, John. Uh, a win over Peterborough already this season. Atop the standings at 5-1. and one. What has been the turnaround here with your Coburg Kodiaks this season in 2019? Well, you know what? We, uh, we're entering our fourth year, 
and we've been slowly building, uh, you know, players through the draft and some, uh, some acquisitions over the past three years. Uh, and we've really asked guys just to buy into the program, grow with us, and, uh, and, and we're going to compete in, uh, in years three, four, and five. And, and, you know, this year we've kind of come into our own and guys have really bought in. Take us back, John, to January 2016 when you, when you purchased the team. What was the vision at that time? What did you want to build in Coburg and, and why Coburg? What did you see in that community there that you thought, hey, we want to put a team here and, and, and build something special? Well, it was funny because uh, my buddy and I, we, we, uh, we ran the minor organization for several years in Northumberland, which is the county that Coburg's in. And uh, we hosted a game in 2015 between uh, Peterborough Lakers and Kitchener Kodiaks. And uh, we had almost 2,000 people at the game. And uh, at that time, I asked the, the owner of the Kodiaks, I said, if you ever want to sell, let me know. And about five months later, he phoned me up and he said, were you serious? And uh, mm-hmm. I said, yeah. So uh, I phoned my buddy Eric up and I said, uh, let's buy a team. And uh, he said, oh, okay. So uh, that's kind of how it went out. I'd, uh, I'd played in the league when I was younger. I played for Peterborough. Uh, back in the 90s. Well, that's so, what I was uh, going to ask you, John. I, I mean, you're, we, I tried to do a little bit of Googling and, and some Wikipedia yeah. and all that sort of stuff, and there is not a lot of information about John Webb on the Internet, uh, just in case you're wondering about that. <laughs> but, that's you know, a good thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely is a good thing. Um, <laughs> but, you know, something Brad and I kind of like to ask our, our guests that we talked to the first time is, is how did – you find the game of lacrosse, or how did the game of lacrosse find you? Uh, well, I played my junior A ball in, in Peterborough for the Lakers. Um, my first coach was Bobby Allen in in high school, so I was a pretty good first coach to have. Um, I was playing high school ball, and John Grant Sr. Uh, came up to me and asked me to try out for the uh, junior A team, which <laughs> I did. And You're not saying team, no so. to him. You're not saying no to John No, I, <laughs> I, I looked up and I said, yes, sir. So, uh, yeah, I played junior A there for a few years and then uh, two years of senior A ball. And, and then I kind of had to make a choice whether I wanted to uh, pursue a policing career, which I did. Yeah, I saw or, that. Uh, I, play. I saw that on your on your LinkedIn page. You were a police officer for six years. And then uh, what happened there? Like, how did you go from that into a into a magazine business? Well, I actually, I was a police officer for almost 10 years. I started with the Ottawa police. Um, spent one year on the Ottawa Rebel practice roster with them. And I uh, got beat up every week at practice, and uh, <laughs> that was fun. And, uh, yeah, so I, I did nine years, nine and a half years of policing. And then uh, I actually went down to uh, a nuclear plant as part of a tactical security unit. And uh, Crazy. And then, pardon? I said, that's crazy. Yeah, exactly. So uh, it's, it was a lot of fun, and I, I still do that today. And uh, also we operate the... Uh, the magazine and all the costume. And I, so I imagine you and Paul Day, uh, GM of the Peterborough Lakers, another former uh, cop, must have some interesting conversations uh, when you're not talking lacrosse. Absolutely. And actually, when uh, Paul was coaching Junior A St. Catharines when I was playing, so we go, uh, we go way back. Wow. Spe- oh, the connections run deep. And then you do, you know, every kid's dream, grow up and, and buy a lacrosse team. But it's been, uh, it's been the build for you guys. Uh, one win in season one, two wins in 2017, two wins in 2018. You've now 
got five wins here in 2019 alone through your first six games. Um, we talked a little bit off the top about Kevin Orleman having a great start, but uh, what's going right for your squad right now? Yeah, well, it starts with Orly in that um, we gave him an opportunity last year as a draft pick. We said, you know what? Show, show the NLL why you should be starting in the NLL. And uh, we gave him a challenge this year. Uh, we're going to give him the, the net to run with, and, uh, and he's been fantastic in that. Uh, you know, out front, we've got a lot of young guys, but we've got a good leadership group, too, with Scott Johnson and our captain, Joey Capito. Um, then you got the young guys like Scott Dominey, Steph Charbonneau, uh, Marcus Minicello, Jackson Nishimura, Colton Armstrong. They all just feed off each other. Speaking with the GM of the Coburg Kodiaks, John Webb, and, and, and like I said, you know, over the years of us getting a chance to watch MSL lacrosse, the games have always kind of come out of Peterborough or Six Nations or, you know, sometimes Brooklyn, but never out of Coburg. And, and once I actually saw the arena that you guys play, it's a beautiful building there that the Kodiaks play out of. Yeah, it is. It was built in 2012, and it seats about 2,000 people. Uh, full bowl style, nice video screen, air conditioned. So it's an excellent venue to play lacrosse in. And, you know, you, you, you mentioned building, John, here over the last uh, three or four years, and you wanted to compete in years three, four, and five, and, and you're kind of right in the wheelhouse now. Um, what what are the expectations? I mean, getting off to – I don't know if you expected to get off to a 5-1 and one start here with the Kodiaks, but now that you're there and you've kind of seen what, what you're up against this season, what's the expectation moving forward? Well, we're not trying to raise our expectations too high. We just want to – and it's a cliche, but one game at a time. Because this league, as you know, is so tough. Uh, it's an all-star league. So, you know, we're 5-1 and one right now, but uh, things could change very quickly in, in a week or two. So we just got to take it one game at a time and uh, and really concentrate on that to make the playoffs. I kind of asked this question last week and asked it a lot when, when we get people that uh, are, are deep into the summer ball. But when you see a team like Peterborough who stocks up at the beginning of every year, Six Nations make us, makes a splash. We've got the same thing out west with New West and Victoria loading up on players. And, you know, you kept it kind of, kind of homegrown. You mentioned building through the draft, you know, is – is looking at imports and, and bringing in some some guys, maybe from BC, maybe from elsewhere, um, part of the future plan here? Is they really going to stick to the, the homegrown scenario? Yeah, you know, it's, it's been working so far. We're lucky we're about half an hour from Oshawa. Um, so Durham region's pretty stocked with lacrosse talent. And we're half an hour south of Peterborough. So we have uh, four or five Peterborough-grown guys who are excellent players. Cam Milligan, Colton Armstrong, those type of players that that really add a lot to our club. Um, just this last week, though, we've added Ryan Lee, who was with Colorado in the, in the NLL. Um, so we signed him, and he played his first game on the weekend for us. And tonight, for uh, we signed uh, Dave Brock. He'll be suiting up for us tonight. Well, right. and yeah. I, sorry, brother, go ahead. And I, sorry, one more. Point. And I noticed uh, Chris Cloutier is still listed on the roster too. I know he's doing his thing. With uh, the PLL right now, but any chance we'll see uh, Big Kluch on that left side? You never know. I've talked to him quite a few times over the last couple of weeks. Um, his schedule is pretty busy with the PLL. It's just because everything's getting going, everything's fresh with them, and they do a lot of traveling. Um, so, you know, it'd be great to get him in for at least the minimum to get him eligible for playoffs. 
Well, John, uh, it's been a nice story so far for your Coburg Kodiaks. Uh, hope you keep it going. Who knows? Maybe we'll see you out on the West Coast uh, come September. Um, it's been fun to watch the, the turnaround here for you guys. Keep doing what you're doing, and um, good luck tonight against Six Nations. Great. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for having us on. Our pleasure. That was John Webb. He is the co-owner and general manager of the Coburg Kodiaks. Off to a 5-1 start, Bradley. They got the Chiefs tonight at the ILA, which is never an easy task. But, you know, that win over Peterborough already, now I'm really kind of interested to see if they can back that up on the res. Uh, and if, if they do that tonight, then you know they're for real. You know, and he, he hit the nail on the head, like challenging – Kevin Orleman saying, hey, if you want to be a starter in this league, now is the chance to prove that. But I think you see that out of Cam Milligan. You see that out of Scott Dominey. You see that out of Ben French, who's going to be in this league in, a, in the NLL in a couple of years. That those guys are sort of up to the task right now, and they're getting reps. They're getting valuable minutes, and I think it's going to be uh, an awesome payoff for those guys. And it all starts in Coburg, a town 95 kilometers, nice nestled on the banks of Lake Ontario. Mm. Uh, you mentioned east of Oshawa, notable residents, Jumbo. Okay, of Coburg. give it to me. Uh, Justin Williams, three-time Stanley Cup champion. Mr. Game 7. Mr. Game 7. Um, and we'll go uh, James Cockburn, lawyer and father of Confederation. I have, there you go. I have no idea who that is. No, no idea. Steve Smith, also NHL hockey player. Okay. Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, uh, scored, scored on his own net. Scored on his own net, yeah. yeah. I recall. The infamous. I recall. <laughs> but nice to see, it's not yeah like you mentioned though like they're they're the burnaby of the um they're the burnaby of the east right now like surprising people getting it done stockpiling some wins here early in the season and uh let's hope it continues for Colbert. no doubt about it uh we got to get to break we got graham hossick of the victoria shamrocks and halifax thunderbirds coming up next here on extreme threads lacrosse classified keep it right here on the lacrosse all-stars podcast network Serving the business and sports community since 2018, Extreme Threads provides custom-designed apparels around the world. Specializing in lacrosse, they deliver exceptional quality and service, customizing box and field team apparel and uniforms. Extreme Threads offers free design work and takes the time to ensure you get exactly what you need for your team or club. Contact Extreme Threads at sales at extremethreads.ca for your custom apparel needs today. Hey, this is Pete Tullis, head coach of the Burnaby Lakers. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on Last All-Stars, growing the game one podcast at a time. All right, lacrosse fans, we are back. We are live. This is Extreme Threads Lacrosse Classified. You just heard it right there from our friends at Extreme Threads, our title sponsor. Find them at extremethreads.ca, sales at extremethreads.ca. Customize your team with Extreme, whatever you need. As far as apparel goes for your team or your company, they are your people. Mention my name and you get some free stuff. Sounds pretty simple to me. Jake Elliott, Brad Challoner, and now joined on the podcast for the very first time. He is a member of the Halifax Thunderbirds. He is a member of the Victoria Shamrocks. He's the 2018 Defensive Player of the Year and an All-Pro, a member of the 2016 All-Rookie Team, and selected second overall in the National Lacrosse League Entry Draft. It's Graham Hosick on the program. Graham, thanks for doing this. Great to be here. It's great to have you. Um, speaking of great, how great is it playing lacrosse for the Shamrocks? It's been awesome. Uh, I've heard from a lot of guys that it's been it's a great place to play, and uh, I'm getting to 
know, realize that firsthand. Since I've been out there, it's been uh, it's been great. They've treated us very well, and we're, we won our last couple of games. So I'm hoping to keep that train going. Was that something you know when you were talking with some of the boys that had played out in the West, and when you were kind of deciding, hey, I'm going to go play lacrosse in the West this year. Where should I go? Did you kind of rely on 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 your on your buddy's advice, and, and is that why you chose Victoria? Uh, yeah, that's one of the biggest reasons uh, that I chose Victoria. I've only only heard great things about their organization. When uh, I was asked if I was interested, I I'll go out there. I was I didn't really have a plan initially, but it's really worked out very well in the last uh, few weeks. Yeah, we heard well. We heard rumblings earlier towards the NLL season that New West might have been a destination for you. So we all kind of perked up when you ended up with the Victoria Shamrocks. But I think a lot of players you talk to that are that are from the East, it's kind of like a an unwritten rule when they say you got to you got to play a summer on Fantasy Island. And and I know it's great, but uh, you've been out here for for a couple of weeks now. What struck you about the West Coast and the Victoria style that you're liking so far? Uh, I've just I I've always enjoyed the outdoors, so. Anytime I get a chance to do anything that involves hiking, going to parks, doing anything outside, I I love it. So <laughs> yeah, you're definitely in the right spot for that if you like the outdoors. Yeah. Are you out there in the kayaks with uh, Mackenzie Mitchell? I haven't been out in the kayaks yet, but that's definitely one of the possibilities. The, the <laughs> There's a few things on the there's a few things on the list that I want to get yeah. done. The summer, the summer is young as we speak with Graham Hosick. Um And you're right, your Shamrocks have have won the last couple of games after a bit of a, a rocky start. Uh, I know you're back east right now, but are going to return this week uh, for another another go with it here. But um, what do you think, Graham? Has it just been a case of a lot of new moving pieces on a team, and it's just kind of taken a handful of games to to make it come together here? But I, I mean, you got, that roster's got a ton of talent. You're not going to lose games forever. Yeah, it's like anyone, anything else. Playing with new guys it takes a few games to mesh and really get to know them. So it, I think that's all it's taken is taking a few games to, for us to get to know each other. And I'm hoping we can keep continuing to grow as a unit. Yeah, on the outside looking in right now, but uh, starting to gather some wins here, uh, two in a row against Maple Ridge and New West against really good lacrosse teams. Um, you know, what's it going to take for this team to to take the next step? You mentioned just gelling together, but, you know, how is this defensive unit uh, coming together? I think it's coming together pretty well. I think we need to continue to play hard and physical and Keep working our communication. I think that's the biggest thing. Speaking with Graham Hosick, uh, you're going to be playing in a new destination in the winter, too. Uh, you've been with Rochester since your inception into the National Lacrosse League, but uh, things will be different next year. You're still going to be in the league, but you're just going to be in a different city with the same guys, which is a kind of a unique situation. I don't know if you've ever been to Halifax before or not, Graham. I haven't, but how excited are you to throw on a Thunderbirds uniform next season for Halifax? Uh, I'm I'm quite excited. It's definitely going to be a new experience playing in a different city because uh, all I've played in is Rochester so far. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm always excited to take on new challenges, new new events and uh, I know we have a great group of core guys that are going to be out there with us so 
excited to do that with them. Have you visited much the the city Halifax? How excited are they to uh, to get a pro team? I've been out there for the the name and the logo announcement, and then uh, I guess it was about four weeks ago now. I was out there during the Memorial Cup to do some promo stuff. A couple times I've been out there, they've seemed very excited. Everyone seems passionate to have a professional lacrosse team out there. So I think they're looking forward to it. We're looking forward to it. So I hope it works out. Playing through the NLL season and jumping into the summer and hopefully a long, long run for you guys isn't enough, Graham. You get uh, shortlisted to uh, to Team Canada today. They announced a, a 28-man roster right now, and the final roster will be chosen uh, near the beginning of September to narrow down Team Canada for their final 23 for the World Indoor Championships held here at the Langley Event Center. Uh, what's that camp process been like, and how much have you learned being surrounded by the greats of the game? Anytime you get your name on a list like that, it's it's a, it's an honor. There's a ton of great players, and there's even a ton of great players that aren't on that list. So I'm looking forward to getting to know those guys even a little bit more um, and then seeing what we can do later this in September. Uh, you're still a, a pretty relatively young guy, Graham, I, and you've already won a Defensive Player of the Year in the National Lacrosse League. You're on, on the ballot again this season, but do you feel like your game still has room to grow? Like, Do you feel like you're still getting better every season? Yes, I do. I do feel like there's always room room to grow. There's depends where it is. It's, you got to figure out what you need to learn each year. This year, I definitely had a lot to learn. We had a few changes happen, and I definitely had to step into more of a leadership role. So oh. I had a lot of learning to do there, learning about myself, and and in that sense. So I was... You, pick, you picked up the goal scoring a little bit, too, this, uh, this season, Graham. Uh, you've improved in your stats as far as scoring goes every year as well, and you hit uh, a high watermark at 24 points. That's got to be pretty pretty pleasing for yourself. I am happy with that, but that's I don't just necessarily look at my stats. I just, I try and go with how I my self reflection, how I think it's going. Because I know stats always look good on paper, but it may not be truly as indicative of how every game went. So I gotcha. Yeah, I, I like to do some self reflection in that sense, but. Yeah, I, I am happy with how I guess my stats are improved over the past few years. You're known as one of the the best defenders in the game, Graham. Um, you know how did how did it come about you becoming a full time defender? At what age did you make that commitment to to play out of that back gate solely? And uh, you know what do you like most about being a D guy? Uh, when did I, I think I've always kind of had a more defensive mindset. I've never been, I guess, a super flashy player. I've always enjoyed more, the more physical side of the game. So I, even from a young age, I've kind of been, I guess, on the defensive side, even though uh, in the young, in minor, you play both ways. I just enjoy frustrating people, I guess. <laughs> That's what you call it. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I've never, I've never really heard a guy kind of antiquate it. To frustrating an offensive guy. No, uh, and you, but you know, and you see it out of guys, and you kind of think that that's a lot. Well, a lot of what attracts defenders to being defenders. So sure. it's refreshing to hear uh, someone own up to it. Love it. Well, I'll tell you what, yeah. uh, Graham. I, I call your little brother Matthew the tractor. I think we're going to have to like 
come up with something for you, maybe like the combine or something like that, because you're one of the you're one of the biggest and strongest guy. Like you're just you remind me a lot of Mike Messenger, quite frankly. There's not an ounce of fat on you, and you just manhandle other men out on the floor. It's really impressive to watch. Uh, I wish you the best of luck with the Victoria Shamrocks the rest of the season, and uh, of course with Team Canada. Coming up in September, I uh, really appreciate your time here on Lacrosse Classified, and uh, hopefully we'll catch up sooner and later. Yeah, thank you very much for having me on here, and uh, thanks for all that. I hope uh, you, everything goes well for you guys as well. Appreciate it. That was Graham. The Combine Hossack, Brad Schoner. The man is you an mean- absolute stud. You've been spending way too much time around the Saskatchewan rush if you're dropping combine references. Uh, <laughs> well, it's only because I call Matt the tractor, and it just kind of, you know, that that what makes sense. A tractor or a combine? There you yeah, go. Right, big cool. brother, bigger big, bigger piece of equipment. It, it works. Just trust me. Uh, Brad, let's get to break. And then on the other side, I'm just going to – I'm going to use that combine and keep digging a hole. I don't know if you can dig a hole with a combine or not. Now I'm just making stuff up. But uh, you are in a massive hole here in who you got. And uh, we're going to see if you can dig yourself out of it or maybe dig it a little deeper. Stick around. You got it on Extreme Threads Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Associated Labels and Packaging is in the business of creating first impressions. They'll help you reflect your company values accurately by offering solutions that fit your product needs. With the latest in printing technology and over 35 years of experience, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit for your company to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is Jesse King of the Calgary Roughnecks and Victoria Shamrocks. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on Lax All-Stars, growing the game one podcast at a time. Welcome back to Lax Class. Uh, you heard it right there. Our friends at Associated Labels and Packaging, Sean Ashworth and the gang. Down there in Coquillum, they create first impressions by making fantastic labels and packaging for whatever your product needs are, find them at associated-labels.com or at associated LP as in labels and packages. Um, Bradley, this is uh, this is not going well for you. Two weeks into Stampede Tax, who you got? Uh, I, I I almost feel a little sorry for you with the start that you've gotten out to here. Uh, would you would you like to? recap the fans and let them know what our overall records are heading into to week three here before we get started? Not really, but I will just to humor you. I'm finding this whole thing kind of comical <laughs> myself because there's nothing you can do, man. Like, it's it's summer lacrosse. You don't know who's in and out on a particular <laughs> night. Doing who you got across the summer is like rolling dice at the deer foot well, I, I don't know I'll be like i did this weekend but I yeah, don't know. I'm, the... <laughs> well, I'm just saying okay. i'm just saying you're uh, okay yeah i'm five four and one you're so yeah two weeks in you are uh first place in the in the western division here with a five four and one record i'm outside <laughs> of the playoff picture uh one eight and one you're looking at Thanks. relegation you're looking at relegation Mike, down to the b league maybe my Calgary Mounties finally got me a win this weekend yeah, uh, yeah. to finally get myself on the board. 
No, you didn't have Coburg. No one had Coburg. Well, our head now, now, now that's not true. We're gonna Brad. have Coburg going forward. We're gonna have Coburg going forward. But yeah, I gotta. Well, that's. Gotta, I gotta it's, say, it's gonna be a long summer. It's gonna be a long summer. I've got a long hill to climb, but maybe this week I can start myself. It is a. It goal. is a. It is a marathon. It's not a sprint. I do have to give a shout out to uh, our friend Carly Rigby, who does the social media for the Burnaby Lakers. Uh, Kevin Hill, the GM of the Lakers, better half there, and uh, she actually she sent me her picks after we finished recording. Recording, and she took Hobart last week. So not, you know, we didn't take him, but somebody did. Uh, as they're playing along at home themselves, and and we we encourage you to to play along as well at home. Um, we still need to figure out how to give away a cowboy hat and a pair of tickets, Brad. We never really discussed that. You got any ideas right off the top here? Well, I you know I we talked about the the Twitter. Twitter comments I got and the feedback I got asking mm. about the questions of the referees. I maybe maybe we like to reward one of the people that chimed in and kind of got in on the conversation this week. So I like that. Maybe uh, I can go back and and find someone find someone in there. And then we part, we we actively ask you guys if you had any report cards throughout the week. If you see something and the on junior on the on junior junior A league, if you're at a game and someone has a sick performance or a sick goal. Shoot us a tweet at Brad Chow at PXP for Sports and just get in on the conversation. Give us your report cards. Talk about things you're seeing. And uh, I think we just reward active participation here this summer. That's okay. what I want to see. So you just need to – you're going to pick somebody this week. I'll pick it next week. Tweet at us at PXP for Sports at Brad Chell. Give us uh, give us a report card. Whatever you find during the week that you think is newsworthy, whether it's an F, whether it's an A, Tweet at us, and you could win yourself a brand-new cowboy hat from Stampede Tech to go along with a pair of Thunder tickets. Uh, we'll email you the voucher. So, Brad, you got to get their information, and uh, you can pick up the tickets at Will Call at the Langley Event Center for the Thunder game coming up. Um, okay, so you went 1-4 and four last week, Brad. I went 3-2. and two. Once again, you get to host uh, who you got. Uh, you got you got the games in front of you there, correct? Okay, you ready? <laughs> I'm I'm five and four. You're you're one and eight. You're, you're more than ready. Yeah. You're more than ready. I'm going to change up my strategy this week. Okay, see what happens here? Okay, okay. We'll start. Uh, we'll start Friday night in the OLA St. Catharines at Orangeville. Jake Elliott, who you got? <laughs> <laughs> okay, the the kits, St. Kitts Athletics, eleven and three, going into the Bunny Barn to take on the Northmen at nine two and one. Ooh man, this is a juicy game right off the get go here, Bradley. Um, it the Bunny Barn is a tough place to win, and I think St. Catharines is due for a loss. So give me the Hornheads to beat the Athletics. Yeah, I'm just going to go against every team that I've been voting for the last two weeks. Do and the I've opposite. Voted, I've been I've been going for the Hornheads. They've disappointed me two weeks in a row, so I'm going with St. Catharines. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's, you're either just going to lose more ground, or you're or you're or you're going to gain ground. So uh, you exactly, know, if you're not picking exactly. the same, then so be it. All right, That's good. Move along. Okay, uh, Rocky Mountain Junior A Lacrosse League Raiders at Mounties on. Friday yes, night. we got to know, Brad. We, we got. So, sorry, I don't want to interrupt you because I want you to say who you got again. But I, I, I do want to let you know that these two teams play on Friday, and then I believe they play again on Sunday. This is the Friday game, Brad. Make note, it's the Friday game. Raiders at Mounties. Go ahead. 
first day of summer, having yourself a summer, Raiders at Mounties, Friday night, or Jake Elliott, who you got? Give me the Mounties at home against the Raiders. I'm just taking the home team because they're at home. Stu Pappard Arena there. Uh, give me the Mounties. Give me the Mounties as well. They got me in the win column last week. I can't go against my boys in the Rocky Mountain League, so give me Calgary as well. Okay. Okay, uh, to the BCJAL we go. Mm. My Victoria Shamrocks got beat up by the Bellies oh, on Sunday, eleven to four. That game I thought I had in the bank. Shamrocks were playing so well. Um, the Bellies make a couple deadline deals. They're rebolstered, but we're not talking about either one of those teams right now. We're going Saturday night, June twenty second, as Dane Doby's Langley Thunder rolled into Nanaimo. Both teams fighting for that fourth and final playoff spot. Big game Saturday. Who you got? <laughs> This is this is a massive game here, Brad. Uh, one and one on the season series so far. You look at Langley's schedule left. Uh, they got Nanaimo. They got Coquitlam, Delta, and New West left on their schedule. Nanaimo's got a couple of Burnabys, a couple of Deltas, a Poco, and I think a New West in there. Where I'm going with all this this game coming up right here between Langley and Nanaimo could very well decide fourth place in that final playoff position in the BCJ. And you think about Langley and what's on the line for them with the Mintel Cup being at the Langley Event Center. And they've kind of built their entire franchise over the last five years for this year right here. Huge game. So give me the Langley Thunder. Thank you very much. I can't uh, I can't retort that. I've got to go with Langley for all the same reasons. You mentioned that Minto in your backyard, you have to be there. Um, in the past, we've had a host. I don't think they're doing the host. I think it's the top two teams get it in. So, it is. Yeah, Lang- Langley doesn't have any free passes here. They've got to get into the postseason. They've got to try to make a run here. Uh, it starts Saturday night in Nanaimo, giving Langley as well. Okay. To the major series we go. Let's go. Uh, this is the rubber match, man. This one's going to be fun to watch. We both took the L as Coburg beat Peterborough last week, mm. but they're going to meet again. Uh, this time they're going to go into Coburg on a Sunday night. We just talked with John Webb about how tough some of those Sunday night games are for teams to get in to Coburg. Uh, but it's Sunday night, June 23rd, Peterborough goes into Coburg. Jake Elliott, who you got? Oh, man, this, uh, you know, I want to say John Webb and the Kodiaks are going to have good karma here because they just came on the program. They've already beat Peterborough. We mentioned those Sunday nighters. uh, Tough to get in to get guys going into Peterborough. I don't think they're going to have a full lineup there. I don't know who's going to be in goal. Can the Kodiaks go six? And well, they're going to be in Six Nations. Tonight. That's a tough schedule there for Cody or uh, for Coburg. Six Nations and Peterborough in the same week. I think I'm going to take the Lakers here, Brad. I'm going to take the road team in the Peterborough Lakers to get a little redemption on those Kodiaks. I'm going to take the hometown Coburg Kodiaks on Sunday. Mixed it up. They've got a tough game. By the time that you hear this show. Oh, no, you might hear it tonight. They, they play Six Nations tonight, which I think is going to be maybe the tougher game for Coburg. So, you know, I think they've got a pretty good chance to uh, to do it twice against Peterborough on those tough Sunday nighters in Coburg. So give me the Kodiaks on Sunday. You got it. One more. One more. Here we are on the West Coast. Uh, we've got a Thursday nighter. 
Mm-hmm. Love the Thursday nighters at Queen's Park. I'm going to say not a better place to be in Canada. Jamie Batley will tell you it's the Memorial Center in yeah. Peterborough. Yeah. I will tell you the best lacrosse barn is Queen's Park Arena on a Thursday night. Okay, because I was going to say, I know, I know better places to be on a Thursday night than Queen's Park Arena, but lacrosse arenas to be on a Thursday night, I can get down with Queen's Park. Thursday night, Nanaimo rolls in. Uh, Nanaimo battling. Uh, they're, they're doing okay to start the season, but they're going to be in top. The Victoria Shamrocks are starting to pick up some wins here. Nanaimo needs a big one, but at home against the Bellies on Thursday night. Jake Elliott, who you got? Uh, <laughs> I... I have a question. How can Maple Ridge have played eight games already and Nanaimo has only played three? Or four, excuse me. Know. Four. Four. And the rest are like seven, 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 and six. Uh, They're on if, island time, man. Yeah. They're on island time. Well, uh, you know what, though? Like, that's a huge benefit for Nanaimo to only have that many games so far played in their season because, you know, that that gap in between when NLL season stops and when WA season starts and guys kind of trickle back and th- the later you can go before playing meaningful games, the better in the WA because you're going to have a more bolstered roster going into the the back half of the season. So a uh, little advantage Nanaimo there who did get that free win from the New Westminster Sandbellies due to an illegal player that puts them at three and one. Belly is sitting there at three and three, but they're on their home floor. Like you mentioned, Queens Park, middle of the week. Nanaimo making the trip. It'll be an early start. Cross the one, carry the two. Um, I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna. (laughs) I'm gonna go out on limb here and take the Timberman. Timberman. I don't, yeah, I don't. I don't hate the pick. I think they've got a great chance in this game. They got some some local boys that love playing close to home. Uh, Bellies have been banged up and have kind of been slow out of the mm-hmm. gate. Uh, they got beat up in Victoria over the weekend, but uh, I'm going to take them bouncing back. I knew you would. Queens Park Hardwood. I knew Give you me would. the Bellies. Okay. On Thursday night. Uh, recapping quickly here, Bradley. I have Orangeville. You have St. Catharines. We both took the Mounties to beat the Raiders. We both took the Junior Thunder to beat the Junior Timbermen. I got the Lakers. You got the Kodiaks. I got the Timbermen. You got the Bellies. That is Stampede Tax. Who you got uh, for week three? Brad is at one and eight. I am at five and four. By the way. Who you got? Your complete source for boots, motorcycle leathers, and gear. Listen up, Brad Challenger. The summer riding season is here, and you need the right stuff when you're out cruising around on your bike. Head to Stampede Tack and Western Wear or shop online where it's still shopping local. Stampede.ca. Motorcycle leathers, outdoor wear, Western Wear. They got it all at Stampede Tack and Western Wear. Check them out. Uh, and then shop online. Brad, uh, we're almost done here on Lax Class for another week. Uh, picks are in. Got to get some things in here before we get you on your way. Uh, this is this, a real a real tough story to hear. Uh, just a, a couple of 24 hours ago, general manager of the new Westminster Junior Sandbellies, Warren Goss, um, getting some just awful news. His daughter hit by a drunk driver in London. Um, we're talking England here. Um, so it was parents had to rush off and and I know their daughter is uh in a induced coma right now um they they really don't know what what the expectations are just I just it is the 
it is the most horrific thing you can think about having to go through as a parent uh, to to see your child like that. So I I just uh, I hope for the best uh, for the Goss family, and um, you know they're they're a strong, proud family there, and uh, I'm hoping everything goes their way uh, back there in in London, England. Um, Webcasting for the Minor Nationals uh, has been solidified. It'll be on lacrossetv.com. They're the ones that are uh, broadcasting the major series lacrosse all season long. And uh, they're going to do the Minor Nationals here in Coquitlam, so we'll look forward to that. And uh, if you're listening from across the country and you got a child that's going to be playing in the Nationals in Coquitlam, have no fear. The games will be streamed on lacrossetv.com. So we'll look forward to that. Uh, we talked about Reese Dutch. Uh, Got to get this in here, Brad. Uh, the junior at second annual Junior Adnax alumni game uh, for the late great Les Wingrove will take place on July 5th at the Palace Empori ahead of Junior Adnax Junior Bellies on a Friday night, July 5th, 5 o'clock. If you want to come watch, uh, maybe make a donation to the Trevor Wingrove Bursary. You'll see my old ass out there running around along with some other great uh, great players from years gone by at the alumni game. Uh, speaking of old asses, Brad, the Masters Tournament, Masters Provincials comes up at the end of June here. They're going to play it at Bill Copeland Sports Center, the Swamp. Uh, we got us. <laughs> Rick Mang has put a Tri-City Bandits Masters team together. Hall of Famer, Rick Mang. Um, you've seen the roster here, Brad. For for fans that don't, here's here's a couple of names that are going to be on on my team that I'm playing with uh, for Rick. So Rick Mang and Goal Hall of Famer, Kurt Malowski Hall of Famer, Chris Gill Hall of Famer, Dan Stroop Hall of Famer, uh, Bruce Murray should be a Hall of Famer if he's not already. Uh, it's it's a pretty stacked lineup. I don't know where I fit. Uh, Russ Hurd Hall of Famer. Um, so <laughs> it should be a good time Jeez. at the end of the month uh, running at the swamp with. Uh, with a lot of guys that are really good at playing lacrosse. Um, I'm going to set my over under on games that you're able to finish. Yeah. So it's three, the, three on Saturday, one on Sunday, just so you know. So four, if you're feeling good, you'll play all four. I'm going to say you play, uh, uh, two games on Saturday and then you make it for the final. Well, Monday. you're bang on because yeah, I got, I got an Adnax game Saturday night in Coquillum. So I can't make, the night game anyway, which is probably for the best because I don't know if I could do four. Three, I think I can do. Two in hey, one I can, day. I can, t- I can take that game for you if you're feeling good, man. Uh, I don't want to hold I, I you away from uh, I don't think you qualify. to get it running. You don't qualify, man. You're you're still too young for... Uh, no, I'm saying I could call the Adnack game oh. for you and you can go play. Yeah. Uh, I'll think about that. Let me think about that. You know, if, if you're feeling good, if you got I, a couple of Genos in the first couple of games, and I kind of like know, money too. Though. You have some great chemistry together, then uh, then call me. I'll, I'll take the broadcast where yeah. you can go play. I kind of I kind of like money too, though. So that's 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 that a tough call. Uh, we talked a little bit about the the playoff scenarios. It looks like Coquitlam, Victoria, New West, and Junior are going to make it, and then it's going to come down to Burnaby and Langley. Uh, as far as that fourth and final playoff spot. So keep an eye on that. Uh, quick NLL news. Joey Rez, uh, Rez Terrett's franchised by the New England Black Wolves, and we're kind of speculating on what that means for Callum Crawford. We really don't know. Uh, but the big news that we want to get to is it came out just before we started recording Lacrosse Classified here, Brad. They have announced the Team Canada. What is it? The 28-man? 28-man roster. It's got to go down to 23 before the WILC World Championships in Langley 
uh, September 19th to 28th. So they got a, there's a 28 man list floating around out there right now. Um, you find it on Twitter at Brad Chow and five men have to get cut from this list and it's team Canada. I think you put, split this into two different rosters or even go a little bit deeper and team Canada could have two or three teams in the tournament. It's a pretty impressive list. Yeah. So as it stands right now, six rush players, four roughnecks, four mammoth, two bandits, one rock, two warriors, two K Hawks slash Thunderbirds, two black wolves, five swarm and zero wings. Um, some... And now that you mentioned zero wings, you and I are glancing over this looking for uh, notable omissions. Mm. I'm going to say, where's Kevin Crowley right now? Where's uh, maybe Kyle Matisse as well? Where's the big... Yeah, there were, yeah, there's a couple wings boys that could be there for sure. So um, no Matt Vince on the list, uh, and that wasn't an omission. He's got work commitments and just can't make it happen. So that's yeah, why Matt ba- Vince isn't on baby number Baby number two coming this summer, I think, as well for Matt Vince and work commitments as well. So anybody on here that you don't think belongs or maybe that's not like for me i would like to see jesse king somewhere on this list um it's so hard to debate (laughs) debate these lists because these guys are just sensational players but i don't know what you know you're wondering where kevin crowley is i'm wondering maybe if you're if you're yeah maybe if you're surprised by a couple guys there's a couple young defenders that colton walkinson and brian cole both great young defenders um, is this their year, or do they wait and pay their dues and, and play in four years? Um, I, I like the West Coast connection. Like Mitch Jones is going to get a tryout with this team. Matt Beers is on the short list to get a tryout. Eli McLaughlin. Eli McLaughlin. Who so could, who could play for the Iroquois, the by the way? I don't know if you knew that, but Eli McLaughlin is eligible to play for the Iroquois if he, if he wanted to. And what else we got here? Like Goaltenders. Dane Doby's on this list, and, and awesome to see. It's been, you know, he should have been on this list four years ago, eight years ago, maybe yeah. even the way that he scored in this league. But nice to see that he'll uh, he'll have a chance here to make the final twenty. Yeah, so goaltenders, well. maybe you sw- swap out Mike Poulin for either Nick Rose or or even Evan Kirk, but uh, Ward, Del Bianco, Mike Poulin, your three goaltenders on those lists. Uh, I think those guys are are pretty much set in stone because they're going to carry three goaltenders. So, you know, some old guard that aren't there anymore, Brody Merrill, Dan Dawson, Scotty Campbell, uh, to name a few that, that were on the team last time around that aren't there. So, uh, be some, Yeah, Adam Ed, Jones, Ryan Banesh were lefty mainstays. Sean uh, Evans. Zach Greer obviously retired. No Sean Evans. But, yeah, you can't, you can't argue the list. Team Canada is going to be a front runner no matter, uh, no matter who you put on the floor out there. So. Absolutely. So it's out there. Find it on social media. Find us on social media as well at Brad Shell at PXB for Sports. Uh, show is at Lax Class on Twitter. It's at Lacrosse Classified on Instagram. We got a Facebook page going now. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. That is the best way to do it. It gets delivered to your phone every week. You don't even have to think about it. Uh, but we're everywhere. We're on all the social media channels, all your podcast platforms, you will find us. Just search Lacrosse All-Stars, and there will be Lacrosse Classified. We did it again, Brad. Another show is in the books. Episode number 32 is coming to a close. A big thanks to John Webb for coming on the program and to Graham Hussick for stopping by. Our fabulous sponsors, of course, Stampede Tack, PVL, Associated Labels and Packaging, and our title sponsor, Extreme Threads. 
And, of course, the biggest thanks goes out to you, the loyal listener, for checking out Extreme Threads that Cross Classified every single Tuesday. Sorry about the late release this week, but we got it to you. Thanks for hanging in. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you next week. For Brad Chellner, I've been Jake Kelly, and for the fastest game on two feet, and for the creator, thanks for listening to Extreme Threads, Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network.